Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast with Diana Crash, founder of Good Vibes Marketing. Good Vibes Marketing provides organic content and marketing solutions to the cannabis space. And this is Leah, co-founder of BakeSmart. Our can of cows are the first edible safety designs for cannabis-infused foods. Anyone from your child to your grandmother will understand when a food is medicated as long as it's marked with our edible green crosses. Hey, Leah, how are you today? I'm doing really great, and I'm excited to share my favorite thing. But before I share my favorite thing, Mm -hmm. I wanted to share with you that you know how I love my select oil. Mm -hmm. I talk about it all the time, right? Yeah. Um, I I suck on that vape pen all the time. And I was really dismayed. I found out last week that the CEO uh, raped a girl in 2012, and Mm -hmm. then he paid kind of hush money, like I think a couple million. And somehow it just recently resurfaced and I was so upset. I was going to write to the board, but then that day that I found out he actually um, was removed as a CEO, but unfortunately he was removed as a CEO. Another man took his place and um, a woman that I know, Amy McClintock, she actually got moved up from vice president of operations to chief um, officer of operations, which is so great for her. And I'm really proud of her. But it's still owned by this rapist guy, and I just really feel like I can't support anyone who has a misogynist rapist like that. And then also I read that one of their manager members um, bilked a bunch of people out of money. He was supposed to be investing it in um, houses to be flipped, and he actually took a huge chunk for himself and then invested some in the marijuana industry, and he wasn't supposed to. So it's oh, it's just like this big um, mess for Cura and Select Oil. So I want to tell everybody I really can't support Select Oil anymore. And I apologize for that. And I am on the lookout for a new oil. And I know you are too, Diana. Absolutely. We're both trying to find some really great CBD oil. Yeah. So yeah. So everybody, I apologize. I hope you can forgive me. Um, and I hope you understand why we wouldn't want to support them. And if there's any women owned ones out there that want to reach out to us, please do. Please. We really need please do. Please do. And I know we have our, our good friend Jenny who has CBD oils and things, but I need a CBD vape pen and I would, we would really love to support a woman owned company. That would be mm-hmm. so great. I would love that, but I want to end on a high note because I don't want to be Debbie Downer here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you, uh, have Emma Chasen on the show later, mm-hmm. which is amazing because Great interview. I recently, yeah, I'm sure she's so smart. She's an amazing woman. I recently had the pleasure of listening to her webinar on, um, Tokativity has their connect mm-hmm. group and I went on there and she has a, uh, sativa 
debunking the sativa versus indica myth. Mm -hmm. And it was so eye-opening. It is such a great topic. She's so well-versed on it. And it was all about how sativa and indica are really just the plant descriptions. They aren't even um, like indica doesn't make you sleepy or, or geared up and sativa doesn't do make you sleepy or geared up either. What it is, is indica was from India mm-hmm. and that's why they call it indica Wow. and sativa was, I, I don't know. I didn't listen that well, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> she's got this, I know, right. I'm, I'm horrible. I wasn't that great at school. So, you know, don't judge me. Um, but she, but the webinar is really amazing and I loved it. And I was just enthralled listening to her and it's short. It's about 45 minutes, but she's, she simplifies everything. And she talks about the history of marijuana and she talks about, you know, sativa and indica, and she puts a lot of, you know, um, research behind it and why they don't really, those words don't mean what the meanings that we're applying to them and the meanings that um, the bud tenders apply to mm-hmm. them. And really, we're kind of on the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what the terpenes do and what the strains do. And that's really where it's all going to change. And she talks a lot about mm-hmm. that. So I'm super excited to hear what she shares with you later on in the oh, show. So she's so smart. Um, it's, it's very eye opening. Yes. And I cannot wait to check out that class. Um, so my favorite thing is, um, sure. A lot of people have been hearing about YouTube shutting down channels and, um, influencers. And there's, there's been a lot of really important content completely erased from YouTube because they're deeming it inappropriate or for adult use only or whatever it, the the reason be. Um, YouTube is not a friend of the cannabis industry right now. So my favorite thing is the weed tube, which is an alternative to YouTube. And it's just, it's growing so quickly. You know, um, there's so much awesome content on here. There's education videos, growing videos, cooking with cannabis, um, CBD life. So if you are having issues finding content on YouTube that is um, cannabis related, check out the weed tube, which is um, theweedtube.com, <laughs> exactly as it sounds. Um, I think they just became funded um, through, I don't know, one of these crowdfunding sites. and. Uh, Oh, yeah, it's it's a really cool resource, and I'm very glad that they have the support that uh, needs to be out there. Because, as anybody in this industry can tell you, it's difficult to put your content out there in any kind of form um, and have it seen. Because we're up against a lot more than any other in- industry, which is uh, what we're going to talk about today. So. Yeah, it's a big topic. I mean, I know that we're all all affected yeah. by the mm-hmm. social media rules and regulations that aren't that No, clear. and it's very difficult for people that are cultivators and um and you know, people who are doing educational things because they're really just trying to uh let people know the differences like just just like what we were talking about with Emma, you know, differences between indica and sativa. That's something very important that we should all know. And yet if she put that out there, on Facebook, it would probably get shut down. So, yeah, there's a good chance. Um, well, I mean, we're an educational company, Bake Smart. We're all about marking edibles, and we had our Instagram shut down. And the problem with that is, 
you can write in and say, hey, look, what did we do? And they either won't answer or the answers they give you are vague. Like we had mm-hmm. no answer. We kept writing and writing, no answer. And there's nothing you can do. There's no recourse. No. You just have to rebuild your whole platform yeah. again. And some of the, I mean, some of it is just so ridiculous. Uh, well, all of it's really ridiculous in my opinion. But um, we we talked to uh, Kim Sakamoto is the other interview we have on this episode. And she, um, she works with Green Crush Podcast, but she was um, searching keywords on instagram and i think she was looking up marijuana mommies or something like that and um something popped up on instagram saying oh your keywords basically implying that her keywords were saying that she was going to harm herself and and saying you know basically you need you need help for looking up this keyword you know um (laughs) yeah and it's like if she had said you know drunk mommies or wine you know mommies with wine or whatever you know something like that it it would have been no no big deal um but because she put marijuana mommies you know it's like oh wait a minute yeah going to hell it's like you are going to danger yourself and your children don't worry about dri- drinking and driving. That's all good. But <laughs> God forbid you have a little bit of edibles and, you know, still maintain your sense of being and, you know, become a more present parent. But anyway, um, so, yeah. And there's people who their entire business is built on Instagram because they have no other uh, resource because of, you know, Facebook's limitations and things like that. And they have something like 70,000 followers and they get shut down just because they post something, they post a picture of a plant, you know? So, well, sometimes too, it's your hashtags. You have to be really careful because if you do something like Girl Scout cookies, right? So it's appealing to Girl Scouts. If a Girl Scout were to search Mm -hmm. Girl Scout cookies, she's going to come and see this big marijuana plant. I mean, I understand that. But just that one little hashtag right. can get you shut down. Yeah. Yes, you do really have to be careful of your hashtags, which is our first um, tip here. Because, I, and I, I mean, as a content producer in this industry, um, you know, and a marketer, it's very difficult to try to work your way around and see, you know, who's following which keywords. Um but I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say exactly what works and what well, doesn't work because different... they will, they'll just randomly target right. a new, you know, hashtag every week or every other day. It depends on, you know, who you're up against, really. Um, but if you can get creative with it and try to say things like, like you said, Girl Scout cookies, that is something that, yes, it could very easily end up in the wrong right so you have mm-hmm. to really be careful of that um skittles if you you know i mean there's lots of strains that have kids you know that are attracted to kids names so if you did like skittles or even some of those like you know lemon candy crush kush or something those are all hashtags that might get mm-hmm. you banned um thankfully cannabis the hashtag cannabis hasn't caused any problems yet thankfully because that's really the only way i can even get around in um Facebook is by saying right. cannabis and not marijuana. The minute you say yeah. marijuana, they'll mm-hmm. block your post. Or, or I try to use just like organic. I try not to say exactly what the the thing is that we're promoting. You know, um, and it's sad that you have to do that. But you yeah, try to be crafty. exactly. You kind of have to. <laughs> um, I'll talk about hemp because hemp doesn't seem to do anything. Um, 
you know, knock on wood here. But if you say, yeah, <laughs> yeah they haven't yeah. caught on. If to you hemp say like yet, hemp save so lives or hemp, hemp community or hemp life, that's that's a good one, or cannabis community, um, mm-hmm. those types of things. Those can kind of get you around the way. If you're saying like you know stay stay stoned or uh, you know party, I don't know. I don't even know to be honest with you. I swear they change it all the time, but. You don't use those hashtags. So that's why you yeah. haven't been blocked yet. I don't use right. those hashtags. But but I know that there are. And really, it's like, it goes back to what we said before, though. You don't really know. And just, so just stay away from the kids' names. Is, is right. Really Try to stay away to from follow. the kids. Um, the anything tribe. that has to do with children. They're very sensitive to that. <laughs> they really are. And you have to be careful with those stray names. Sometimes you no. just don't think about it. Um, you know, I, I would be worried about anything that said candy mm-hmm. in it, like caramel candy kush or, you know, um, lemon candy kush or whatever, or cherry pie, even cherry pie. I think I would be worried about if it's something that's mm-hmm. so basic and normal, but it's also a strain name. I would be really careful about, um, I would just yeah. it to something else because you really do take that chance of being shut down and there's nothing you can do. You can't recoup your, no. um, your people. No. You know? And a lot of people have gone. backup accounts, but that's such a, hassle you know i mean it's trying to say okay this is our backup account follow both of us i mean that is just so much extra work and it's unfair yeah. that mm-hmm. well it's confusing too it's it which one are you and you don't always get the same people on both accounts anyway there's no guarantee right and then you have you to post both. the same thing so to both really and good. it's just it's ridiculous i mean it's unfair but it's something that we have to deal with as a community right now and uh, we just have to do it until we get by and find alternative ways, you know. Um, and the right. other thing, oh, go ahead. I mean, and no, go ahead. I was just going to say right that, that that goes into the next takeaway, which would be being mindful of your photos and your videos, um, because that's the other part of the content that they really crack down on. Yeah. And it's really funny because you see a lot of like, mm-hmm. I follow big Mike, big Mike's always mm-hmm. taking bong hits. He's always got ladies with bongs. He's, he shows weed all over his Instagram. You know, he's got over a million followers. He obviously hasn't mm-hmm. been shut down in a long time, but it's a risk that you take because maybe mm-hmm. he won't get shut down, but you might. It's just a crapshoot, really. It it's really almost like is. a lottery. It's it's unfortunate, and and I I know people say you know don't post pictures of the plants, uh, the flower, um, and I understand that. But also, what if you're a cultivator, or you know, what if you're just trying to describe the science behind the plant? Um, it's not fair because what else are you supposed to use in that situation? You know. Well, I think also it's being tasteful. If you um. If you're showing like irresponsibility, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're doing bong hits and you're doing something crazy, mm-hmm. then maybe that's going to cause you to get shut down. I think that when it's tasteful, I mean, a lot of people have the more tasteful pictures of strains of, you know, the flowers of the bud of the curing process, whatever that is. And I, I think that they can get away with it, especially when they mix it with, you know, kind of education and safety. I think those accounts get shut down less than the total stoner accounts that I'm sitting here doing bong rips. I'm, you know, here we are doing this and that showing just smoking, partying, drinking, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I believe that those accounts get shut down a little more frequently. 
sometimes i mean again it's it's a crapshoot i was going to say i know some people who are in this for you know nonprofits and and educational purposes only and they just post things like we're going to have a community meeting or we're going to have a webinar tonight you know explaining how to get your license your your medical license um and they get shut down so I so think are those in states now, now cur- out of curiosity, I don't mm-hmm. even know if you know this, are those nonprofits, because I would be really curious to know this, are those nonprofits in legal states mm-hmm. or are they in states that oh, are yeah. maybe only have a medical? No, it's, it, it has nothing to do with that. It's just this algorithm that Facebook has. Mm-hmm. And I believe a lot of it has to do with, you know, where they're getting their, their ad dollars from um, and, and who's threatening that really Mm -hmm. you know um and i think that it's just it's just unfair it's just there you can explain it all day but it's unfair you know they keep these you know hate videos on there with hate speech and and hate actions and then someone like the cannabis women's alliance will say oh we're having an event that's educational and free to the community and they get shut down so it's like you know there's no I'm just wondering too if sometimes people complain too because Oh absolutely absolutely down. sure yeah right absolutely and and that's and that's a problem too I mean and that's why we have to normalize this as much as possible and really fight for our rights mm-hmm. um you know everybody needs to be writing into their social media providers mm-hmm. saying we've got to have clearer rules because that's the biggest thing too there are no clear rules no. and even Facebook says you know they just really don't know they just give you a generality I say, especially. I luckily yeah. we've never lost our Facebook account, thankfully. Right. But um, you just never know. No, and, and the thing is with Facebook is that you can't even. They're very specific. They are very specific about you making any health claims, and so, but their interpretation of that is very broad. So, you right. know, you could say something like, um, "This could possibly help your anxiety" or something like that, and they could be like, "No, that's that's a health claim," and shut you down. So it's, it's all in how it's worded and it's, it's in how, who, you know, if someone complains about it, it's, it's a lot of, there are a lot of elements. Um, and so unfortunately we have to do this little dance if you want to be on Facebook. Um, right. So, right. Well, I think that the big thing, and it's our, it's our third takeaway is you have to be mindful of your ad content. And I think that a rule of thumb on Facebook is do not ever do an ad. No. Um, for marijuana, that's just rule number one. I wouldn't, don't I wouldn't even do an ad period on Facebook if you're in this industry. To be honest with you, I, I'm not <laughs> even joking. I think Twitter is much better. It's a much more beneficial uh, medium because they allow you a lot more freedom and you get a lot more reach. They really do. I haven't even heard of anyone losing their Twitter account. I don't know if you have, but no, I I see, it, it takes a lot. It. I mean, hello, if <laughs> if uh, the right. president can say the things he says and he doesn't get shut down, I think <laughs> where I think that Twitter is pretty um, liberal with their allowance of what you can post and what you cannot post. So yeah, I was I was reading that Mass Roots uh, spent one hundred and fifty thousand over the past two, ten years, uh, past two years. And had great success mm-hmm. on Twitter. Ads. Oh, absolutely! So obviously, it works for them. And I know Mass Roots. I mean, they're doing all different views of the um, cannabis industry. I mean, anywhere from the stoner to the education to you know the more tasteful mom groups mm-hmm. or you know the upscale luxury items. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do everything. Yeah. So that was really encouraging to hear. Mm-hmm. And I think um, a lot of people, you know, they they have 
a lot of um, visual content to share. So they think that, you know, Instagram might be more beneficial, but Instagram's owned by Facebook. So, you know, and, and as we were just right. speaking about, you know, they, they'll crack down on the, the strangest keywords and, and tags as well. So I think, you know, get started on Twitter and also look at these other alternatives, you know, um, you have, you have mass roots, you have, um, there's a lot of alternate, uh, the weed tube, like you said, yep. that's another alternate. Word. Right. Um, and, and there's more popping up every day. So it's just like keeping an eye out and seeing what's out there and, and, and just don't go with the traditional, unfortunately, because this is a non-traditional industry, we're going to have to go through non-traditional outlets to advertise and get, get our, our, you know, faces seen or voices heard. Um, and you just have to be creative, you know, if you're not, it, and, and I'm not saying this because I'm saying, you know, hire someone like me, but it does help to have someone in your corner who can, you know, spend that extra, spin those wheels for you and spend that extra time because entrepreneurship is hard and enough as it is, you know, but with, to have all this extra, oh, extra pressure on you have to have you have to have help when it comes to social media. It's a, it's a full time. Yeah, job. have someone in your corner who creates content that that is in tune with what you're. You know, we spoke about this before, but just someone who understands what your your main goal is, why you're in this industry. And, well, who someone who more importantly understands right. the rules. I mean, you've got to have someone in your corner who knows what hashtags mm -hmm. to use, knows what photos and videos might mm -hmm. fly. Um, knows where to do ads, like we were just saying. I mean, you really have to have somebody who's knowledgeable because doing it on your own um, is great if you know all these things, but if you don't, it it really pays off to find somebody to help you, somebody who is knowledgeable. And it doesn't really cost that much mm -hmm. to find uh, social media No, help. a lot of uh, companies and, and content managers and social media managers, they will do like a jumpstart package type of deal or, you know, a limited, if you say, if you only have a certain amount of funding, you know, they, they, they can work with you a lot of times. They should work with you. If they don't, then, you know, <laughs> move on. <laughs> right. They well, should try enough, to work with there's you. There's enough companies out there that you don't have to settle for something. Right. You know, if you aren't getting your right answer, go to a different company because there are so many out there. But also saying that you can't hold those companies, those marketers um, to the social media people to a higher standard because even they are trying to right. navigate this. So I know that there's some big companies out there like Green Rush and they even say, hey, look, we still get our clients still get right. their accounts shut down, even though we're doing it. So it's the Wild West right now. Mm -hmm. Have patience and know what you're doing. And if not, then definitely hire yes. somebody. And I've, yeah, I've been in this industry, well, in the digital marketing industry for a very long time. And the, the rules are always changing already as it is in that space. So you add all the extra pressure of the legality and, and you know, uh, the, 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 the landscape changing in the cannabis industry constantly. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. So you have to be patient. You know, don't expect somebody to say, oh, I know exactly what's going to work for your company right away. <laughs> right. If they yeah. say that, run. If it's too good to be true. <laughs> nobody knows yeah. in this space. Nobody knows. And one thing I do, I'm, I mean, I have a website. Not everybody has a website. But if you have a website, try to drive traffic to your website and collect email addresses. Because that way, if something happens, you can always send out a newsletter 
to your email list and say, hey, look, our this account got shut down. Please um, try and go back and like us and support mm-hmm. us and follow us. Or uh, and then on the other side of that, when you get it up and ready to go again, you can send out a newsletter and announce that, that our social media is up again. Please go and like us, follow mm-hmm. us, et cetera. So it's always important because at least you do have some information from an email list. I know that's not always possible, but it is a well, way it, to Well, and a it's a form of social media. I mean, people don't realize it, but it is. Exactly. It's, a, it's a form of social media marketing is to create an email list and to have a newsletter. Um, unfortunately, some of these newsletter services um, – like MailChimp <laughs> will shut you down uh, as well if they think that you're involved in the cannabis industry. So again, you have to be careful who you choose. But um, mm-hmm. that is a very, very good point. You know, you if you can collect all the emails that you can possibly get, you know, anyone who shows even the slightest interest in what you're doing, get their email, um, stay in touch in any way you can. That's so big right now because that's pretty much all we have as an industry. Um, if you're in the, you know, on the ground floor trying to work your way up, it's, it's one of the only ways that you can continue to build an audience without having to worry about someone constantly checking on your, (laughs) on what you post, you know? Well, right. I mean, and you can't, you're not going to lose your email list. You know, you're, you're going to definitely have a backup to that. So even if MailChimp were to shut right. you down, you'd still have your yes, email yes. list. And, and if you're super thing. organized like Leah, then you have it on an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> I have it all. I have I a bet backup to a backup to a backup. Well, in this day and age, right. email lists are gold. I mean, your yeah. email list is yeah. gold. So um, I think that's pretty much all we're talking about today right? (laughs) Well, I'm excited for your interview with Kim because I know she's got a lot to say on this topic too. And so the conversation Mm -hmm. will continue, which is great. We love Kim. Yes. And and also she talks about the Green Crush podcast, which is an an awesome podcast I recommend checking out. And uh, we also have... um, Yeah, it's a great podcast. (laughs) We have Emma. (laughs) And our sweet Emma that we just talked about. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so in love with Emma. I could go on and on and on about Emma, but I won't because it Oh no, it already weird, got weird when I interviewed her. I just her. love her. <laughs> yeah. She was so cool about it. Who She's am I like, kidding? I'm like, oh, I'm pretty much stalking you. She's like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to take the high road. okay (laughs) take the high road diana take the high road (laughs) (laughs) today's episode is brought to you by splim splim is a portland oregon online magazine dedicated to parents who choose cannabis and for those who want to learn more about this option for their health wellness or recreation they are guiding the pot and parenting conversation by creating engaging content for families whose lives have been enhanced by cannabis splim offers exceptional content resources perspectives and community for modern progressive families They find their unique perspective through relentless research and epic experimentation. For parents who use cannabis, this online magazine is your one-stop shop. Please subscribe today by visiting www.splim.com. That's www.splimm.com. Our first guest is Emma Chasen. Emma Chasen was named Portland's Best Bud Tender of 2016 and has been featured in publications like Newsweek, Teen Vogue, Stoner Magazine, and High Times Magazine. She is also a regular guest on 
many cannabis-focused podcasts and has been featured on television for her ability to explain scientific concepts around cannabis in an accessible way. Her mission is to educate people on the science behind cannabis so that they may take charge of their own healing as well as address the need for training and education of bud tenders, medical professionals, and the public. So Emma, how did you become an educator and consultant and what does your work entail? So my my road to becoming an educator and consultant is a pretty long one um, in the cannabis industry. I guess it's started back uh, in 2014 when I graduated from Brown University with a degree in ethnobotany and medicinal plant research. So I've always been fascinated by the way in which uh, secondary compounds work inside of the plant matrix and how that relates to human physiology, health, wellness. I really wanted to study cannabis formally in in my undergrad education, Mm -hmm. but Brown did not let me, of course, because it was illegal, very understandable. Um, And so instead, I I did it on Mexican oregano as kind of like a, well, if you're not going to let me do it on cannabis, I'm going to do it on oregano. Um, But... But so I graduated from Brown with that degree in 2014 and had always had a, a quite a personal relationship with cannabis. Um, I, I definitely am a cannabis user, and I was also really fascinated by the, the just extreme potential for healing that this plant possesses. Um, but I didn't move out to Portland until 2015, August of 2015, and um, it was very synchronistic. In, in the fact that early adult use sales were going to come online for Oregon in October of 2015, which I didn't even realize. And so I was hired almost immediately by a dispensary called Pharma here in Portland mm-hmm. that definitely takes a more scientific approach to the way that they speak about cannabis. And again, I had no idea that Pharma had that reputation. I had just moved here. I needed a job really badly. And, and so I took it. Um, and luckily, I, I landed at that and was really able to apply my formal undergraduate education and my kind of foundational understanding of the way that the compounds, secondary compounds, work inside of a plant matrix and extrapolate that to begin to actually really study cannabis in depth. And I started at the dispensary just as a bud tender, and I really found that I had a knack being able to explain these scientific concepts surrounding cannabis to people who had no experience Mm -hmm. using cannabis. Um, And so after just a few months, I was promoted to general manager of the shop, did that for just over a year, and then actually stepped down from that role to carve out a role for myself within Pharma's organization um, called director of education, because I really saw a system lack of comprehensive training Mm -hmm. for our bud tenders. And to me, that was just completely inexcusable because the bud tenders, they are the crucial link between the consumer market, they drive the consumer market, and the entire industry. They represent the entire industry as some kind of training in place for this role, then drive the consumer market in such a way that uh, is not for for the benefit of the industry as a whole. And two, they're advising people on like healthcare mm-hmm. topics. Um, so even if it's a question of will this give me anxiety or I need to use this to go to sleep, that's still a medicinal concern. And if you don't have a foundational understanding of 
cannabis and cannabis science, then you won't be able to make uh, the the most accurate predictions possible for consumers. And so I I got to work creating a, a comprehensive standardized trading program that goes through cannabis botany, cannabis compounds, endocannabinoid receptor system, cannabis products and consumption methods, and then finally compassionate client care. And I collaborated with uh, an organization here in Oregon called Sativa Science Club mm-hmm. to kind of bring that program to fruition. And so now that is um, burst into the world. You can find it on Sativa Science Club site, but I also teach it um, here in Portland and online myself as well. Um, and after accomplishing that goal, um, I I decided to offer up my my services to cannabis businesses one on the more like maker side of things to help them launch uh, educational marketing collateral and educational programs, outreach programs that seek to educate the the bud tender community and the consumer market for free. So it's completely accessible. So that way people can just learn a little bit more about brands, learn about what makes them so awesome um, and hopefully support their products. And then I also work with uh, retail cannabis dispensaries to help them with organization um, and and general kind of build out of in-house education programs and in-house onboarding programs, because I do think that that's the way long-term to be sustainable in this business. You have to invest in the education of your staff and um, working working at Pharma really gave me that, um, gave me that knowledge on how a shop runs. I mean, I was there through the transition from medical to recreational, so a bunch of regulatory transitions. So now I want to offer my support to all of the new markets that are coming online, as well as the existing markets um, to, to better position retail cannabis shops with education and with investment in staff. That is amazing, really. I mean, Thank that is, you. <laughs> that is just really awesome that you took that initiative and turned it into something so amazing. Um, it's very important. That's it's, <laughs> it's I agree. Vital. I definitely agree. So what is the favorite part of your work? What's your favorite part? I mean, I really love um I really love connecting with people. I really love that moment where I'm explaining some type of scientific concept that is available in in research papers, but that is often just like laden with scientific heavy jargon. So Mm -hmm. it it alienates some people from Mm -hmm. it um, because a lot of people don't understand it. And so really I see my role as being that bridge, that connector, being able to digest the scientific research articles and then present it in such a way where people can really get it and understand Mm -hmm. it and and apply it to how they use cannabis and how they purchase cannabis. And so that's my favorite moment is when I'm up there teaching or when I'm working one-on-one with a client and seeing just that aha moment of like, oh my God, yes, I've never understood this before, but now it finally makes sense to me. It's finally clicking and, and that's really exciting. Yes, absolutely. I think that is really cool to make it accessible because science is so vast and (laughs) there's so much to learn and to have Mm -hmm. something, you know, break it down the way that you are. That's, that's amazing. I'm just going to keep saying you're amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what is the biggest misconception you encounter in your work? 
Mm, I'd say, I mean, there's definitely still the the negative stigmas surrounding cannabis. Um, I get all the time like, oh, but you don't smoke weed. Like, you're too smart to smoke weed. It's like, (laughs) no, no, I I definitely do smoke weed. That's why I do it, because I'm smart. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, so, So I still get that quite a bit, but that is slowly, I think, going away as more legal markets um, come online. I think that the biggest misconception surrounding what I do is that bringing on education or bringing in um, some type of like scientific learning into the cannabis industry alienates people, alienates a lot of people that have been in this industry forever and that think that they know everything about cannabis and they feel that these kinds of education initiatives will push them out. Whereas that is exactly what I don't want to do with my work, really my educational initiatives and me trying to bring uh, this science and present this science in such a way that that makes it understandable for everyone is the way that I see to expand access. Mm-hmm. To bring in people who have been um, in this industry and in black market forever, who have built this, um, bring those people in, as well as bring novice or potential consumers in, like seniors or the mom demographic who uh, are still very trepidatious about cannabis. They're not quite sure what's what's happening, if it's going to be okay for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that kind of education can only put people at ease or at least empower them with enough information where they feel like they have some kind of like control um, or, or predictability over their own experience. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's the biggest misconception I think is, is kind of like using education to alienate people. Whereas in fact, I do it to, to make it more accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really, um, so, do you have any opinion on on what ways uh, women bud tenders can make a difference? Definitely. Um, just connecting with people and hearing people is so important. I think all too often just in our society in general, we don't listen enough. We don't make that empathetic connection. And when I was bud tending, um, that's what I saw even apart from being able to deliver scientific information, but being able to sit with a consumer or a patient or, or just a customer at all and just make eye contact and really listen to what they have to say, to what kind of, what kind of experience they want. And then be honest. I mean, of course, if you have a good understanding of cannabis science, educate uh, in a way that that can make sense. But if you don't, say that you don't know and then go find out. Um, and I have, I mean, this is an overgeneralization. Sorry, men out there everywhere. I know <laughs> that men, a lot of men can like be very empathetic, but I think that um, for the most part, women are better mm-hmm. at empathy than men and women are better at, at connecting with people. I think it just comes more naturally mm-hmm. to us. Um, even if we go back to like the primal kind of like nurturing, we were always the nurturers. And so I think that we're a little bit better at making those kinds of connections, being really empathetic, giving that time for people to voice their concerns and, and vulnerabilities. And so ladies use that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were, if you were working the counter, um, use that kind of like innate gift. And if, you don't have it, or if it doesn't come easy to you, then, then work on it. Um, right. Look, look and observe people who are really good at that because 
that I think breeds customer loyalty more than anything. And you're in a special situation, like you mentioned earlier with this. So it's not just like any kind of retail position, you know, it's, it's a completely different ball game. So exactly. You think you really do have to exercise those muscles because they're in there. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's got them. It's what makes us human. Um, but it, it is a kind of whole new ball game. It's this weird synthesis between, high-end, hopefully high-end, high-traffic retail, mm-hmm. um, plus, like, healthcare therapist mm-hmm. thrown in there. Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's definitely a dance that takes some practice, but by applying um, empathy and, and tools of, of empathetic connection, it can really make a difference for people. Right. And do you – this is sort of an extension already of what you just said, but do you have any advice for women entering this industry for the first time? Yes. Um, take If you're really serious about getting into the cannabis industry, then take any position that you can get. I mean, I when I moved here um, after working in oncology research and, and being at Brown, I took a butt tending gig for $12 an hour. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't necessarily want to be making that much, right? I, I didn't necessarily want to be working in retail. However, mm-hmm. I really found that I had a knack for um, for this job, and I was able to apply my expertise to really create a niche for myself. And so that is my advice to women entering this industry. Get in, if you can, with a company that will support you and your creativity and your passion and allow you to develop uh, and kind of find your own niche and then just work your ass off. Work ethic is huge in this industry. Um, there are a lot of people who have a really conscientious work ethic, and there are a lot of people who don't. And because it's very new, if you do have a really good work ethic and you're intent on making connections with people and, and really carving out your place in the industry, then then you can. You just mm-hmm. got to work your ass off. Absolutely. Do you have a specific call to action or anything to promote? Education. I mean, that that is the name of my game. Um, <laughs> we need more cannabis industry, more cannabis education in this industry if we want to advance it in a way I think that preserves craft, ethical, and sustainable markets. And mm-hmm. I think that that's huge. Um, cannabis is, I I hope to see, will move in a direction. Uh, akin to nutraceuticals, Mm -hmm. which is more like supplements and and herbal remedies rather than the allopathic model, which is what our pharmaceutical industry is set up as, Mm -hmm. um, which is one isolate of a compound equals a certain effect, and you just take that pill, and then you get all these other side effects, Uh, and you take all these other pills. Um, And and it doesn't really work, and it won't work with cannabis, but that's not to say that that fight isn't coming. Um, The pharmaceutical industry will definitely, and already has, developed isolates of mm-hmm. cannabis compounds and, and kind of created pharmaceutical um, drugs based off of them. And they just don't work as well as flower, as well as whole plant medicine extracts that really look to preserve the full range of compounds. And I think that by employing this kind of education and by educating not only the the retail professionals in our industry, but also the consumer market, we can help drive this industry in such a way that moves it in a more nutraceutical, ethical craft modality, Mm -hmm. which is what I want to see. I mean, if it's co-opted by the pharmaceutical companies and, and that's it, then like, 
it's kind of like a moment of like, well, what the hell are we even doing? You know, I think that we really have a chance in this industry to do it differently and to have big impact on the way that we think about healthcare and even the way that we think about agriculture, um, which in my opinion, our healthcare and agricultural kind of systems in America are two of our most toxic diseased symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so the potential is huge for cannabis. Um, we, we just need to educate the people so that they can support the brands that actually do align with this kind of craft nutraceutical approach. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. And how can um, companies like the ones that are just starting out and dispensaries and such, how can they um, get your knowledge? You know, how can they benefit from you and your, your services? Like where do they go and how do they find you? Yeah, so I'm I'm all over the internet. Um, I have my own website, emmachason.com. So please feel free um, to check that out. It has uh, some services I offer as well as a contact form. Do not hesitate to contact me. I really love hearing from people um, and and trying my best to to help kind of point you in the right direction, whether it's taking my classes or or someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so please feel free to, to go to emmachason.com. You can also find me on Instagram, eChason there. You can find me on Facebook, Emma Chasen, educator and consultant. And you can also find me on LinkedIn as Emma Chasen. And like I said, please do not hesitate to reach out through any of those um, forms of, right. of connection. I'm, I'm more than happy to, awesome. to hear from you. That's really incredible, and I appreciate you taking your time with us today and sharing uh, all your knowledge and experience, and I'd love to have you back on again sometime. So if if you uh, would like to, let me know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, it was, it's been so fun Thanks. chatting with you. Thank you for having me on. It's been great. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Our next guest is Kim Sakamoto. Kim Sakamoto is a photographer, promoter, and social media manager. A business management and e-commerce graduate, Kim worked with the Government of Canada in administration and finance for 10 years prior to joining the media industry. Her credits include publicity and stills with TooFar.tv, producer of Green Crush with Alan Park, and unit publicist for the Deep Six and Meld web series. A long-term medicinal cannabis patient, Kim's passion is advocating for fair access and honest information surrounding the emerging legal market. So Kim, what does your work with the Green Crush podcast entail? Um, what doesn't it entail? <laughs> um, I, I work on the creative end of things as well as booking the actual guests. Um, there's three of us actually that make up Green Crush. There's Alan Park, the host. Um, Danny Menlo is the other producer and myself. So it's basically just a meeting of the minds between the three of us getting together to create the content, track down the type of guests that we want. Um, and then we also run all of the background social media management, um, any marketing or sponsoring reach out. So yeah, pretty much um, what you see is what, what I do. <laughs> wow. You yeah. Do a great job with it for sure. What is the, Thanks. what is your favorite part of your work? Um, you know, the, the community, the kind of family, um, type feeling you get once you start working in this industry becomes apparent right away. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part of it for me is I came from the background of working with the government and being in a very stringent office. Um, you know, you kind of have this second face that you put on when you work in that kind of atmosphere and you're not really living your authentic self. So right. 
to be able to come out um, as a cannabis user and live and work in that atmosphere has just created sort of more of a balance within myself as well. Um, I just feel more true to myself by um, by working in this industry. So um, that's what's keeping me here. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us about your recent experience with Instagram. You know, um, as a social media manager, I'm always checking up new hashtags and making sure that I'm I'm tagging things appropriately. And uh, so being a woman in cannabis, um, a lot of my posts contain, you know, a combination of words um, to do with cannabis, marijuana, and then moms, girls, women, that sort of thing. So um, I never had any issue with hashtagging, but it was, I think, last week or a couple of weeks ago, I put up a post and I tried to enter the hashtag marijuana mama. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, nothing's ever popped up before, but for some reason I got this notification popping up on my screen before I could even complete the action um, saying, can we help? Posts with words or tags you're searching for often encourage behavior that can cause harm or even lead to death. Wow. If you're going, yeah, if you're going through something difficult, we'd like to help. So it's just, you know, I was a little bit stunned at first Mm -hmm. because knowing that marijuana has never caused any death, um, I don't know if it's just like something that they put up. I mean, it's got to be in their system somewhere where they're tagging that word and putting the two together, marijuana and mom, and and condoning it as being something um, threatening. So... You know, I applaud media and people for trying to help out um, the situation where people are putting themselves in harm. Mm-hmm. But to tag that with marijuana and put the two together, it just it it just kind of solidifies the whole reefer madness and propaganda that's still out there. That absolutely um, we're trying to fight I against. I can't even believe that though. Like that keyword or that tag was the one that triggered something like that. I mean, it really has to make you wonder where. Where the money is coming from. (laughs) Well, and knowing that Facebook owns Instagram too, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, and seeing what's been happening with, um, you know, taking down of people's videos on YouTube Mm -hmm. and Facebook accounts going missing, it didn't surprise me the timing on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the thing that surprises me is that we're towards legalization. but it almost seems like these kind of messages are getting harsher than they were before we started discussing this. Yeah. It's like just Um, when we think as social media managers and and people that work in the media that it might be easing up just a little bit, it goes right into, Nope, we're shutting you down or, or you get a message like that and it makes your, your life more difficult (laughs) than it already is. (laughs) I mean, on the, on the extreme um, side of that, I, you know, I follow a lot of groups in Facebook uh, down in the States. Mm-hmm. And I kept seeing these messages up about girls being afraid to smoke during their pregnancy mm-hmm. because of post um, birth testing. Um, I guess there's so much opioid um, crisis happening in certain areas of the States that they regularly test babies when they're born. Yep. And, you know, mothers being so concerned that they'd have to completely quit smoking or using cannabis and fear of their kids being taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it goes from one extreme to the other, but it's definitely still there and needs to be addressed. Yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with that myself right now. It's like I, st- I stopped even taking the full-spectrum hemp oil because they told me that 
basically that was going to happen if and and child protective services would get involved and i'm just like wow really okay <laughs> all right yeah and and you know i i had both of my children one was in the hospital one was with a midwife um and the second time i birthed with my midwife she encouraged me to have a toke during labor mm-hmm. um to just calm me down so yeah, there's a real broad spectrum of beliefs out there, and when the law gets involved, it becomes scary. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah. back to the, the podcast. Uh, in what ways does Green Crush Podcast aim to make a difference in this space? Well, you know, Alan started out the show because he himself was a terminal cancer patient, mm-hmm. um, and he didn't have the options to go the conventional route and just happened to find cannabis on one of his searches in, in trying to save his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so the core of Green Crush comes from that, which holds a very special place to my heart as a dear friend of Alan's. Um, and as we moved towards telling his story, we realized how much junk and injustice and repression suppression that's going on with information out there mm-hmm. um so we made our mandate very simple very quickly that this is about truth mm-hmm. um so exposing the criminal behavior the suppressing of of information that shows the benefits of the plant um and and you know we do that not only for Canada and where we are, but around the world. Mm-hmm. So being able to tap into different countries and see what they're doing and t- take that and and spread that message around um, really is what we're all about is advocating for for the the free exchange of information and hopefully more research um, that will result in better access for everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I know you have some awesome guests on there too. So everybody, we do. Check it out. We're, we've been really lucky. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've been really lucky that when we reach out, um, the thing is, we're not a recreational cannabis show. There's a lot of shows out there that we we don't put down. Um, you know, but it's well covered. The recreational right. thing where yeah. So we try and focus on health, um, on the real issues that can be talked about on an intellectual level. Yeah. Uh, we get politics on we have doctors we have influencers as well um but yeah whenever we reach out we've gotten a good response so knock on wood um we're going to keep that going as long as we can awesome um do you have advice for women entering this industry for the first time you know i don't have a lot of business advice it's it's really difficult for a lot of people right now because you're either a corporation it seems or you're a black market slash gray market type um, company, mm-hmm. especially in Canada right now. So there's a lot of people struggling and just trying to help each other out so that we can have a place in this game that the government sort of created and doesn't include include a lot of um, a big portion of, of the people who, frankly, started the movement in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, my advice is just to set your your standards high. And I think we have an advantage in the cannabis industry as women because as mothers and sisters and um, we're healers and people value our word. So, you know, what people, what women say and what mothers say in the realm of health and what's helping our kids 
holds a lot of value. So I think we have to make sure that we're respecting that mm-hmm. and that what we put out there is a, is a good representation of, um, of what we're, tr- of the message we're trying to get across. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. yeah, there's, you know, when there's a sexual element to advertising as there is with beer or with any other thing. Um, but no, I think you just have to do what feels right to you and always, Think about setting an example. Yeah, right? totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think responsible use is very important, and and especially if we're going to change the conversation, we need to uh, work on that a bit more. <laughs> it is. It's like any other industry. You know, you can paint it with a certain type of advertising, um, and your message doesn't get heard in the same way. No. So I know as a woman, um, like I said, I'm not faulting anyone who does use that as a method of exposure but Mm -hmm. for me myself I just find in the end if you're true to yourself um you're and you can show that in your work um then it's just a better life for everybody overall right yeah totally I, I really agree with that um yeah so do you have a specific call to action or anything in particular to promote um, call to action, you know, I always just say to support your local marches and protests, and if there's something that you feel strongly about, to speak out against it. Um, we have seen change be affected, um, just, you know, like we had this lady on Vera Twumi who has um, been going down, basically had to have her child live out of country of Ireland wow. and live in Holland so that she could get the medicine legally she needed. Um so, and she changed that just by speaking out and pro- protesting and joining groups. And so I've seen change be affected by people's words. And I think that, you know, as I get older, I realize how much more important it is to voice your word and not just take what what's given to us, right? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't feel right, speak out against it. Um, and of course, Green Crush Pod, we're on all of the socials at Green Crush Pod. Uh, we li- Stream live um, every Tuesday on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And you're on Podbean and, um, as well, right? Uh, we're on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, um, all the major platforms. Very cool. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing is is that I am just soft launching right now my own marketing and PR company with the cannabis division to it. Mm-hmm. So um, K-Star Marketing and PR is under the works right now. Um and so I'll be reaching out to the cannabis industry, and I'm slated for July 1st. Um, there's a reason behind that, because Justin Trudeau up here, our prime minister, has been promising to legalize by July 1st, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So mm. I figured I'd step up and, and keep his promise and at least launch my company that time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, I've been working in media for a while, and I've just decided to sort of branch out and start working with other people mm-hmm. and um, hope to make some good new new contacts. Awesome. Well, it was yeah. a pleasure having you on today and a pleasure speaking with you. And if you ever want to come back on, especially to talk about your new business venture, you know, anytime, we'd love to have you again. That'd be wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email Podcast at gmail.com. That's yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Highness Podcast. That's at Highness Podcast. 
Thanks again.